Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. In the recent weeks, Nepal has witnessed many political changes with Mr. Sher Bahadur Doeba replacing Mr. K.P. Sharma Oli as Prime Minister. A new common minimum program was also unveiled. To talk to us about these developments and what the future holds for Nepal, we have with us Dr. Nishchal Pandey, a non-resident senior fellow at ISAS. He is also director at the Center for South Asian Studies and convener consortium of South Asian think tanks, Kathmandu, Nepal. Thank you, Dr. Pandey, for joining us today. Thank you. The recent change in political administration in Nepal resulted in Mr. Oli's government being replaced by Mr. Sher Bahadur Dioba led coalition. What are the likely political and economic implications of this change? When the government is uh, not yet uh, fully functional in terms of the fact that the cabinet needs to be expanded, uh, vital ministries like uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Ministry of Defense are still vacant. Uh, the Supreme Court verdict, uh, has, the landmark verdict has given the, this last option before Prime Minister, therefore, before we go for fresh elections. So I think the topmost priority for the government will be vaccination drive for, the, for, for all the population and also to ensure that there is some economic recovery out of this pandemic. So in terms of, uh, so what you're essentially suggesting is that the political side would first be settled before looking into the economic uh, policy changes that Nepal would like to pursue? Yes, that's right. Because the although Prime Minister Deuba has uh, replaced KP Oli, uh, the government is not fully functional because the cabinet needs to be expanded. And, you know, there are five uh, coalition partners uh, in, in this coalition and... Uh, uh, they are yet to agree on the on the ministerial names. So we, we will, of course, talk about coalition politics a little down the line. But uh, we also read recently that a common minimum program was um, released by the new administration outlining the priorities for the government. What are your views of the common minimum program? And uh, some of could you talk about some of the highlights there? Well, this, this present government is a coalition of five partners and uh, they have brought out a, a common minimum program. In fact, uh, the election manifestos are more important in, in parliamentary democracy. But since this is a coalition government, the coalition partners, especially the CPN Maoist chairperson, Mr. Prashanda, insisted on a common minimum program. They talk about border security posts to be increased in view of the uh, the pandemic and increasing flow of uh, migrant workers coming in from India and other places, which has given rise, given a spike to COVID-19 cases. It, we also, it also speaks about uh, giving relief to landslide affected people. We have unfortunately seen some natural disasters in the last, uh, last month. And uh, the common minimum program also talks about uh, economic package to boost the economy. You know, the economy is in shambles. Our tourism is uh, virtually nil. Uh, you know, the, the, there could be some problems as far as migrant labor flow is also concerned because some of these labor 
destinations in the Gulf and Malaysia are insisting that Nepalese uh, migrant workers be fully vaccinated before they arrive in their countries. And uh, also that the program talks about peaceful resolution of border dispute with India. So that will be a little tricky because of the pressures and pulls of this coalition. Um, and, and that uh, glides in very well to my next question, which is uh, issues relating to national interest. Uh, you rightly mentioned that the CMP has touched upon the border dispute with India, water resources and unfavorable treaties. But being a coalition government, can effective steps be taken on, on these key areas? Well, as regards to the controversy generated with India regard, in regards to the border issue, I feel uh, it will likely remain because uh, Nepal has already changed its political map and placed this map in, in our national coat of arms. And the coat of arms is in the constitution. So without their two-third majority, this cannot be amended. Therefore, I do not see any possibility of any headway on the border issue with India, unfortunately, uh, despite the fact that the uh, common minimum program does talk about resolving this issue with, with India. Uh, what about water resources and other treaties? I think the, the main focus of the present coalition government will be more on uh, controlling the pandemic, reviving the economy, and uh, these issues before we go for fresh elections. Uh, but the current situation is such that uh, uh, new parties are being formed and we just need 20% to split a party according to a new ordinance that has been brought out by the government. So therefore new, new parties, smaller parties, splinter groups are coming up in each major political party. It may lead to uh, some sort of political instability in the future. So I think the national focus is now divided between providing stability to the country and also uh, arranging the arithmetic for uh, future elections. Um, you're talking about coalition politics now. This has, it seems, has been the bane of Nepal's politics and governance for a very long time. Um, it, has, it has ostensibly also impacted the country's growth prospects. How do you think the country can move forward given the constraints of this kind of politics? And as you rightly mentioned, there are more splinter groups. It's easy to uh, break a political structure. So what is the way forward then for Nepal? Well, I think the recent Supreme Court verdict has given a good rundown of why so many constitutions of Nepal have failed in the last six decades. It cites the failure of uh, having been induced by self-centered politicians, not focusing on providing good governance to the country, uh, but uh, rather concentrating on their own self-interest. And uh, it also cites intolerance of the political party leaders or the failure of so many political experiments of, of Nepal. So I think this present uh, Supreme Court verdict, which reinstated the parliament, uh, dissolved by Prime Minister Oli for the second time, I think it's a good academic document for uh, all, all people interested on Nepal affairs to see and to read carefully because it has uh, given us a lot of reasons why the Supreme Court needs to be involved each time there is a political problem uh, in, in the country. 
and secondly also that the the possibility of uh, elections looms large and in the, all the political parties are framing their own strategies to face the elections so therefore for if 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 this is the last option before we go for fresh elections then i think the national focus will be more diverted towards the election arithmetic rather than on uh, other issues that has been brought out by the common minimum program uh, but uh, do you believe that uh, in the long run coalition politics is uh, would help in promoting nepal's economy and uh, taking it forward because uh, there is always a lot of uh, pulls and pushes in coalition politics well, there are no political experiments that we have not done in the last six decades we had a a uh, constitutional monarchy multi party democracy we've had uh, uh, you know this this uh, secular federal republic we've had uh, uh, a majority government which nearly had two third majority in parliament uh, ruling nepal for the last two and a half years and this is now a fresh coalition government headed by prime minister doba who is a veteran on running coalition governments so therefore i think this this uh, notion that political instability is only generated by a coalition government is not true because we did not see stability even when a government uh, which had two third majority uh, ruling this country and the major and and also that the the party which has a majority also gets split uh, each time they they run a government it happened in the past with the nepali congress when prime minister gp korela was was uh, the chairperson and the prime minister when uh, we saw when uh, now with the cpn the communist party of nepal was having a two third majority near two third majority it also got split so therefore i think we have to gear up for coalition politics for for some time in nepal um another very interesting aspect is that uh, nepali governments are known to take either a pro india or a pro china stance Uh, while only leaned towards china dioba seems to be in favor of india do you think Nep- how do you think nepal will negotiate its relationship with these two large neighbors and do you think that in under the current administration india and nepal relations would improve which had seen a certain amount of dip in the recent past i think that is a very simplistic way of putting it i think nepalese leaders swing from uh, being friendly towards india Uh, to being friendly towards china depending on which way the wind is blowing uh, but as far as prime minister deva is concerned he is uh, constrained by the pressures and pulls of his coalition partners uh, the, the mr upendra yadav led with the madesi party on the one hand and the cpn maoist uh, led by mr prachanda on the other and his own uh, centrist party the nepali congress and i think they will influence on every important issue of foreign policy as well as domestic policy there's therefore i feel that uh, on foreign policy front prime minister deva will be very much constrained by this uh, this coalition uh, coalition dynamic which is heading at the moment but uh, but do you think the country is geared to handle this kind of a pull and push between two powerful neighbors uh, is it uh, is it in a vulnerable vulnerable position do you think or is it mature enough to handle the two neighbors because we do know that china has ambitions in the region and india has been one of its uh, nepal's uh, 
oldest friends, if I may put it that way. Well, Nepal is the oldest sovereign nation in South Asia. We, we were never a colony of the British. Yes. So we have always been handling major powers and our neighbors independently. Uh, and also that uh, uh, there, are, there are problems when India and China go through some uh, bilateral uh, disputes, especially with regards to their border. Then it is at that time that Nepal is uh, Nepal faces certain challenges. But otherwise, we have been managing our bilateral relations with both our neighbors, with uh, with not only with dignity and success, but also economic uh, advantages that Nepal has always accrued from both our neighbors and also from the United States. So therefore, I don't think that will be a real problem. But uh, the real challenge here is that how the international situation evolves, how the regional situation evolves. We are currently chair of the SARC. I think we need to stress upon the fact that uh, this organization needs to be revitalized and it has to be resurrected. We, we are the chair. I think it is our onerous duty to, uh, to tell all the member states that we need to convene a summit uh, as soon as possible because there have been so many developments that have taken place in the region. The Afghanistan issue is the latest one. I think it is our duty as chairperson of SARC to do that. Secondly, also that uh, we need to be very clear as regards to economic uh, assistance being provided uh, in the bordering areas by both our neighbors. Uh, there have been certain issues uh, as regards to that. And this, this government will need to be very cautious with regards to dealing with both India and China. With regards to BRI, with regards to MCC, the Millennium Challenge Corporation Compact, I think this government is to be more clear-headed uh, and resolve these these uh, problems, whatsoever they may be. So, therefore, there are a lot of uh, the plate is full, but how this coalition government takes it forward needs to be seen. Thank you, Dr. Pandey, for speaking to us and uh, talking and sharing with us the latest developments in Nepal. It was a pleasure having you with us. Thank you very much. The pleasure was mine. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you.